Support for NPR and the following message come from IXL Learning. IXL Learning uses advanced algorithms to give the right help to each kid, no matter the age or personality. Get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when you sign up today at IXL.com NPR. Today on State of the World, surprising effects of the Middle East conflict felt far away. Thanks for listening to State of the World from NPR. We bring you the day's most vital international stories up close where they're happening. It's Monday, February 19th. I'm Greg Dixon. Today, two stories of the effects of the war between Israel and Hamas being felt far away in India and in the UK. In a few minutes, panicked tea buying in Britain. First, skilled Indian laborers are heading to jobs in Israel. Many of these jobs were once held by Palestinians. But since the war with Hamas began, Israel has severely curtailed the number of Palestinian workers because of security concerns. NPR's Dia Hadid met some of the men hoping to go to Israel in the northern Indian city of Lucknow. A devotional song blares from a Hindu temple as dozens of men cram in line for the chance to register for work in Israel. Mostly, though, what the men here are, orders. One official directs the men to sit down over there if they haven't registered. As they jostle to get to the top of the line, a security guard orders them to sit down. Do it like gentlemen, he says. No need for mischief. Ramakant Biswakama is a carpenter. He's been here for three days, waiting for his turn to register. He's bunking with a friend. He says other men are sleeping on nearby pavements at a cheap hotel. Another man in line, Bahadur Singh, says the money he could earn in Israel, more than $1,600 a month, is more than five times what he'd get paid here for the same work when he can find it. But Singh's nervous about going. He hears there's bombs falling over there. On the upside, he says this is a deal between the Indian and Israeli governments. This means he doesn't have to risk employment agents fleecing him. He says a few years ago, he paid an agent his life savings, $600, on the promise of a job abroad. Then the agent disappeared. It's a common story. This recruitment drive comes after India and Israel inked a deal in May for thousands of skilled labourers to work in the Jewish state. But the rush to recruit only began in earnest after conflict erupted between Israel and Hamas. After the war began, Israel paused work permits for Palestinians, citing security concerns. That paralysed Israel's building sector, which relies on Palestinian labour. Then the vice president of the Israel Builders Association, Chaim Feiglin, told Voice of America that his country was negotiating with India to bring in more workers to replace Palestinians. We hope to engage 50,000 to 100,000 workers from India to be uh, able to run the whole sector and bring it back to normal. So shortly after the recruitment drive began, 10 Indian labour unions announced they opposed the move. So did members of India's chief opposition party. What are we essentially saying by doing this? Praveen Chakravarti is a political economist affiliated with the opposition Congress party. We're essentially saying, oh, don't worry, even if you attack Palestinians and you don't have Palestinian labour... 
we will supplement that. That is direct intervention. Navtej Sorana, a former Indian ambassador to Israel, says what this deal actually shows is the strength of the India-Israel relationship. It shows that the two governments are comfortable working with each other, and this is something which has built up over the last 30 years. Those 30 years have been key. Before that, India was a prominent ally of Palestinians. Now India is one of the biggest customers of Israeli weaponry. That relationship has grown even closer under the Indian Prime Minister Narendra Modi, a Hindu nationalist. Many Indians see the two countries as ideologically aligned and like it that way. Back in the line outside the registration office, we meet Manoj Sharma, who waits to register for work in Israel. I love India, I love Israel. He says he's even willing to fight for Israel. He says Hamas killed innocent people. Now Palestinians have lost their chance to work in Israel. He says Indians can do it now. Dear Hadid, NPR News, Lucknow. In the United Kingdom, one of the ways the war is being felt is in the supply of a cultural staple, tea. In the Red Sea, Houthi militants have been attacking ships, which they say is in response to Israel's invasion of Gaza. These attacks have disrupted global supply chains, and that has worried Brits that there might be a shortage of the one thing that many say they can't live without. Here's NPR's Lauren Frere in London. For many Brits, the world revolves around one thing. You wake up, you have a cup of tea. You get home, you have a cup of tea. People come round, you have a cup of tea. It's a social thing, really, isn't it? Yeah. That's Nicola Tevendale and her mother Yvonne Jones shopping on London's Regent Street to basically kill time between cups of tea. How many cups of tea do you drink? Probably four. I probably have about six. <laughs> Is this genuine tea shortage? No tea. (laughs) To understand the UK's tea shortage, you have to understand where the tea in these women's mugs comes from. Mostly India, Sri Lanka, China, and Kenya. The shortest route to the UK from all of those places is through the Suez Canal. But Houthi attacks on ships near there mean some are rerouting all the way around Africa instead. Now feel free to hit pause here and go look at a map. You'll see why this adds up to 14 days of extra travel time, which means the tea aisle in some UK supermarkets is empty. We're starting to see large-scale disruption in terms of our tea not reaching in time. Sparsh Agarwal is doing his part. He's a tea exporter based in Darjeeling, India. The cost of sending it uh, has also increased. We still have, for example, certain amounts of teas that are just lying in the harbour which Hmm. are just waiting to be picked up. In an almost military-like statement to NPR, Tetley, the UK's biggest tea company, says it is closely monitoring the situation, implementing mitigation. We've got tea on the ground, it says. Tea trade routes date back to the British Empire. Few things have affected our history more than a nice cup of tea. And so does the British taste for it, says Satnam Sanghera, who writes books about imperial history. Tea, he says. It was a commodity that the East India Company could make a huge money out of, importing it from China. It was incredibly profitable for the British imperialists to sell it to the British. So much so that by the 1930s... An average British person drank nine cups of tea a day. And as the Second World War approached... The government at the time was so nervous about tea supply that they began planning for rationing because it was deemed possibly damaging to national morale if British people didn't get their tea. 
This time, the British Retail Consortium says the disruption to the national black tea supply is only temporary and minimal. Agarwal in Darjeeling says he has no doubt supply chains will be restored. (laughs) If history says anything, it's that the British addiction to tea is not going down. On the streets of London, Shahira Amra and her friend Mel Debeck are talking about panic buying. You know how Americans buy up toilet paper and milk at the first hint of a hurricane or snowstorm? Well, the equivalent here is tea. It's kind of like a comfort drink. They're going to go out and buy it. It's just the panic syndrome, isn't it? So by virtue of me asking you these questions, are you about to go out and stock up? On- oh, I'm going to have a lock anyway. <laughs> Make sure I've got my supply in because I might start panicking. Lauren Freyer, NPR News, London. That's the State of the World from NPR. Thanks for listening. See you again soon. Last year, over 20,000 people joined the Body Electric study to change their sedentary, screen-filled lives. And guess what? We saw amazing effects. Now you can try NPR's Body Electric Challenge yourself. Listen to updated and new episodes wherever you get your podcasts. Support for NPR and the following message come from IXL Learning. IXL Learning uses advanced algorithms to give the right help to each kid, no matter the age or personality. Get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when you sign up today at IXL.com NPR. This message comes from NPR sponsor Mint Mobile. From the gas pump to the grocery store, inflation is everywhere. So Mint Mobile is offering premium wireless starting at just $15 a month. To get your new phone plan for just $15, go to mintmobile.com slash switch.